This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, it is that time again. Welcome back. I know it's your favorite Tuesday you've had all week, and you've been waiting for 4 o'clock because, oh my gosh, True Wealth. And we are going to rock it today. I do have to set the table, though. Uh, I am your host, David Littlejohn. Katie will not be joining us today. Uh, There's been a small, but I'm thankful to say, a stable and under control family emergency. So for those of you so inclined, prayers are certainly appreciated. But Piers, now it's not Katie, but she's involved, right? She knows family. Uh, So she's fine, but... You know, that's how that works. So keep her in your thoughts and prayers and her family. But she should be back next week. But I do have a special guest who is subbing in today. And I'm actually really stoked about this. So before I even drop your name, first, I want to say thank you. Okay. And I want to say thank you because this was fairly last minute. And in a sense, I feel like uh, this is like an upset, right? It's like bringing in a ringer. Uh, I actually have brought in my coach, all right? So uh, we could talk a little bit about that today. We're going to talk today about a lot of things entrepreneur. But in studio with me today, entrepreneur, author, all-around great guy, Mr. Seth Buackley. Thanks for joining me. Hey, my pleasure, David. Uh, It's good to be on the True Wealth Show. I listen from time to time when I can from various places, and this will be my second time around this uh, it's this, true. This tour, so I'm excited so, about it. So that. while we had you on when you did your book release, right. and I'm thinking that was about three years ago? Does yeah, that sound maybe right? Maybe four. It, uh, maybe time four. flies when you're having fun, yeah. It does, and it blows me away that we've been doing the True Wealth Show for that long now. Uh, we have Now, this one, I have this. Uh, we're trying to decide if the naming provision is going to change. Mm-hmm. We have some special announcements, but they have to happen next week uh-huh. because they're super secret, double secret probation announcements, right? And if you get the Animal House reference, high five. Uh, anyhow, I... I'm really excited to have you here. I know I've got you flat-footed. We, this, there's no prep. You're about to see Seth on his feet, like live, okay? But I want to start off, help our users understand you've got a great story, and you are like an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. Well, right? you know, it's a little bit, uh, they, I always uh, wrestle with, is it DNA? You know, is it something that comes by nature, or is it nurture? Uh, yes. Meaning somebody in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, somebody influenced you. So I, uh, I have an unfair advantage uh, in terms of being an entrepreneur. And my dad was an entrepreneur, and uh, he was very intentional with me. I actually grew up, this is, this is a true story on true wealth, yeah. in a commune in the woods of Southern Oregon. And uh, those things did exist in the uh, 60s and 70s. And I grew up in, in a commune, launched into uh, public schools. And, and somewhere along the line, I, I got the bug and got an opportunity to start building businesses, at first with my dad. And then on my own. So, uh, yeah, been a journey and um, love to talk with entrepreneurs. Those are my tribe. And, and by the way, that's not just business people. Right. I really think entrepreneurs are people who uh, look for problems to solve. You know, sometimes we have a reputation for actually starting the problems just so we can solve right. them. Right. If it's not broken, break it. Right. <laughs> uh, but we're always trying to make progress driven by possibility thinking. You know, what, what could happen and why, why can't that be better? You know, so those are those are the things that an entrepreneur tends to think about. 
Yeah, I agree. There's a, to me, I say there's a mentality. There's a person that somebody can be, uh, you know, they could be employed somewhere else, and and they would say, well, then they're not an entrepreneur. They're not running their own business or something. I say, no, 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 no. Uh, I've I've met folks that have started businesses that I don't think were particularly entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. right? They were fairly clinical, and it was just sort of matter of fact. Or they bought an existing business, and they were more of a technical person who just kept running the the machine. But then I've seen entrepreneurs that they they'll sort of create something from nothing, right? Which is really fantastic to me to to see those stories. But it's the attitude, and again, the possibilities, right? Yeah. It's uh, it's a dreamer, but they the difference between somebody that's just a dreamer and somebody that's taking action on those dreams and turning them into goals and executing. Yeah. Or I mean, and, and you know, entrepreneurs fail too, so I don't want to give it the wrong impression, but just the idea of imagine the possibilities. Yeah, and one of the interesting things is in today's world, there's a, there's a phrase out there called solopreneur, and it's kind of this idea that by yourself now with technology, you can just start a business and. You can schedule things, you can execute things, you can you know be anywhere by technology, but it's this idea that you're going to do it alone, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the things that I've found for people that are entrepreneurial, and it took me a while to figure this out, was you know, an entrepreneur that's under-resourced is really just frustrated because they have so many ideas, but they, they've run out of time. And then if they get married and have kids, all of a sudden these other demands. I have been there. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. you you know personally because we've interacted plenty of times. A similar story about how long it took for Little John Financial to gain traction. Right. Really, four years of almost no traction until finally took the terrifying leap of borrowing in in essence from my future in order to get resources. Yeah. Uh, it was well executed, but the the result was this radical magnification of effort once uh, we started building a team and it wasn't just the solopreneur. That's right. And it, so an entrepreneur plus resources, that you know, that's dangerous. Uh-huh. You know, that's, when it, that's when it gets good. And, and that can happen in, in a corporate world, right? It assumes that the corporate uh, structure uh, embraces that and wants and, and realizes, hey, we need entrepreneurial thinking inside of our organization if we're going to, you know, continue to innovate at the pace of change and whatnot. Quick story: I, I had a I just added a uh, full-time marketing uh, director, very entrepreneurial uh, gentleman. And locally, right? Locally, but, but that, you're. I mean, because can I just let our listeners? Know, so, you currently own and and manage or you know, as CEO the. It's a, a consulting firm that's headquarters, I understand, back in New York, I think. Yeah, we were. We've relocated to beautiful downtown Roseburg. Okay, so but, headquarters but when I bought is it, we had offices. But you still in, have yeah. but is you still have a distributed workforce around that's the country. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So cathedral consulting and, yep. and we have people in uh, Toronto and where else? Uh, you know, Nashville and Phoenix and, and spread out throughout the country. But our, our technical headquarters is here. And anyhow, this gentleman was getting ready to join Cathedral. Um, he was wrestling with, I've always fancied myself as a business owner. And by joining a, a company, will I still have an opportunity to create and innovate and be entrepreneurial? And I was like, oh, buddy, that, that's oh, what we so- do. I actually have a term for this, okay. whether or not it's real or mine or not, but I'm going to claim it. Okay. okay, We use this term within our organization. We say we like to hire intrapreneurs. There you go. Okay, so the intrapreneur is an entrepreneurial attitude within an organization, and that person has the opportunity to develop their own position 
as it suits their skills and strengths. Now, they get parameterized a little bit because, you know, there's a mission profile to their job. But beyond that mission profile, we intentionally give sort of soft boundaries and allow them to explore. You know, I always tease that Christopher Walker, you know, explore the space, right? It's yeah. You're going to need some cowbell. Well, I want that cowbell of the organization. I want the creativity and I want that spark. And so you got to give people room to grow. And then you backfill talents as you bring new people on. But that's sort of a pathway for us as the entrepreneur. Yeah, I love it. And uh, in, our, in our case, we kind of structured compensation to say, listen, for the things you do to grow what we do at Cathedral, here's your compensation, but let's make room for our clients that maybe need what you need or what you provide and alternative ways to kind of scratch that other itch because, you know, going out and winning a client, delivering services, you know, that feels different when you're an entrepreneur. I agree. I agree. Well, I think that that's wise too because it's the, the type of person that wants, again, it's the, I want to solve the problem, but there is a, there's an ownership stake that that's why we like entrepreneurs too, right? Like we want you on the team. We want you to have ownership in the team, but also ownership in the results that you're producing. So we do something similar. The incentive structure is built around uh, some of the things that are unique to their position. So, you know, we set quarterly goals and bonus structures around things that we design together. What are the things you want to reach for? And let's put some targets out there to, to achieve. And then, of course, as the organization wins, we win together as well. But that's a, a, a different channel that we try to utilize is we want that incentive for them to really be entrepreneurial. Well, it's interesting that you talk about incentive. Uh, you know, compensation is one of those things that people use to align goals. And I remember having an internal debate with uh, a business partner in the past, and they felt like, well, if, if people are uh, commissioned or in incentivized around their own performance, then they're going to get kind of self-centered and, and selfish and maybe not want to help out in other areas. And I found it's exact. It's the exact opposite. Yeah, I, I've found yeah. an increase in personal ownership. It's right. like people. Uh, it's they always say with uh, if you give somebody something, they abuse it more than if they have to earn it, right? Yeah. And so they treat it like their own a little bit. And that's just been my experience. Maybe I'm mistaken. Our organization's not that big, but th philosophically, that's what I believe in is that you know you set the goals together put them out there and then get folks excited about it and it's amazing how hard people will charge amen so well that's cool so you know i think that there's a number of things that i i guess i want to crack more of this open mm -hmm. uh because there's all these elements to entrepreneurs and you know they're they're everywhere right i mean they're all over the place and there's a bunch of there's probably a bunch of our listeners that have all you know how many of you have had that idea where you said well if only but then you didn't act or whatever it was. Well, we may have to put a burr under your saddle a little bit today, right? I may, may try to motivate you a little bit. Uh, there are some things going on in the world, uh, a lot of interesting things, interesting pathways to capital, uh, interesting just the way the world is working right now. Money is Accessing money is funny right now, <laughs> but but so, so relevant to the the resource pool. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about that and some of these other elements, but they make us take these breaks, right? So we're going to do that first. So we'll grab a break. When we come back, we'll unpack that some more. And, and we'll even let Seth share too. <laughs> Stick around. This is David Littlejohn. And Seth Buick. Yep. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN.
This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, David Littlejohn, joining me in studio today. Uh, friend, mentor, coach, all around great guy, Seth Buackley. Thank you. Hey, hey, glad to be here. And a reminder if you're just tuning in, this is going to be available tomorrow uh, as a podcast. You can check it out at littlejohnfs.com. If you find yourself with other questions you want to follow up, we'll also have all of our contact information. If you would like to speak to me or Seth or uh, anybody else on our teams that could help you. So we want to be a resource. So today we're talking about entrepreneurs and really, so Seth, you've just, I mean, you've been a lifelong pretty much entrepreneur, at least, you know, as soon as you could sign a contract, you've been an entrepreneur nice. and you consult entrepreneurs a lot. I have, I guess this is a fairly broad question, but as somebody that sees these a lot, if, if you could offer advice on either things that you think people should do, or maybe more importantly, things that you think more people, if they could avoid or reframe as an entrepreneur, yeah. what do you think you would be out there coaching people to do more? Boy, that's a great question. I think one of the things that I, I, I would always start with is, you know, find mentors uh, and um, people that aren't hardwired as an entrepreneur or maybe don't have that experience uh, maybe can't understand what, what goes on in the, in the mind of, a, of, a, of an entrepreneur. But some of the pitfalls I see is, is really not understanding that this is, is as much of a, of a hardwiring personality type. And, you know, my dad used to say, hey, if you can go get the nine to five job, you should. But if you can't, then and, you, and you're going to go out and you're going to do your own thing, then what are the what are some of the things you need to make sure of from the front end, you know, plan ahead, get the provisions you need. And, and so one of the things that, you know, you, we've heard before is you start with the end in mind, you know, oh, yeah. or that whole, what problem am I trying to solve here? You know, sometimes we like to say, what does winning look like? I love that question, by yeah. the way. That's a really good way to frame it. Yeah. Because I see a lot of entrepreneurs that start out with this lofty idea and then they end up sort of trapped on a treadmill. Yeah. And there's no end game to yeah. that. It's just keep running and right. it's exhausting. But we also have to be care not to o- take care, not, not to overly script it, meaning you can't see everything. You can't just sit sure. and plan forever and hope you figure it out because the world's always changing. So that's another way of saying you actually have to start. You have to generate revenue. You have to find somebody that sees value in what you're selling. And you've got to be able to repeat that. Now, here's where the pivot comes and here's the learning for an entrepreneur, which is if you're selling something, I mean, particularly if you are personally selling something, you have revenue, but you don't yet have a business. Over time, you transition those duties and those functions you know, to team members and you start to build the systems and the workflow. And so one of the fallacies, and, and, and we get an opportunity from time to time to help business owners sell. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that dramatically impacts their value is how much of the business success is tied to their unique capabilities or their personality. And the answer is the more that it's tied to their unique personality and capabilities, the less the business is actually worth when it's time to sell it or hand it to the next generation. I've been threatening to do this for years. Mm-hmm. Okay. It just involves actual work. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've threatened to write 
a series of essays yeah. that I call the tyrannies. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of the tyranny of the key man yeah. or key person as it may be. But sure. historically it's been referred to, it was not gender exclusive. Yeah. It was just insurance. key man insurance and so yeah. forth. That what it means is that one person is the pivot point for an organization. And if they're gone, that organization becomes a sinking ship. Let me give you a quick story. Yeah. Uh, we have a client I will not name, uh, well-known in this state, uh, the two owners, one of the owners, in my mind, had been mailing it in for a long time, should have retired, wouldn't, couldn't, couldn't give up the controls, actually just recently did, you know, fresh blood coming in, making changes. But it, it, the business had become so intertwined with the personality that everybody around them was functioning at a 60 to 70 percent capability. And, and, and as, as well-intentioned and, and as much of their identity consolidation with the business that that person had, at some point it was counterproductive to the overall health of the organization. And he couldn't see it until, you know, it got to the point of urgent. Right. Somebody, so there are many, many authors that have talked about this. Of course, one of the first I ever read was Michael Gerber, uh, the concept of the e-myth. But there's, and, and then it's been revised many times. And many others have written about this too. The idea that uh, systems in, in, in a functioning business, and we're talking about, you know, an entrepreneur ultimately starts a business. And that business should grow beyond you if you want it to be able to scale and grow and ultimately transition to where the business doesn't own you mm. if you're the business owner. That's a funny thing, right? If you if you think about the joke is homeowners and business owners, the home owns you and the business owns you. Mm. Because when things break, it's on it's your responsibility to deal with it. A really healthy organization in my opinion grows to a point that it has redundancies and that it doesn't have essential people and it's counterintuitive to most because there's almost this fear, if I'm not the key person, then I'm replaceable. Yeah. But think about what it means. It's like that, that business is like the ball and chain at that point. If you can't ever leave, you can't have a vacation, you can't go anywhere, you can't grow because it all bottlenecks through you or that key individual. So I think you have to put systems in place and it's a freedom. Right? If great employees have nothing to worry about, I don't know a business owner out there that's ready to fire a great employee because you can't find them. Right? Yeah. Getting great people, it's, it's gold, it's an investment in your organization, and you got to pay them. You, you, you train them on the job, it's expensive to try to replace that. But great employees are attracted to great leaders, and great leaders get past the ego of, hey, it has to be around me, exactly. and you start to realize. I get more, gain more freedom of, or and value by having other people who get their day in the spotlight. Yep. Right? And see, right there, if you all, you're not allowed to stop listening because there's so much more that's going to come that's even better. But if you stopped right now and took that away as an entrepreneur and realized that your own ego may be the single largest detriment as an entrepreneur, because guess what? You can do anything. That's your personality, right? There's, there's no mountain you can't climb. And you can do it as well as anybody else. But that's the problem. Let some of it go. Because believe it or not, some people are actually better than you at stuff. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, lessons I learned from, from my coach, and I think every top performer should have coaches and mentors. Uh, he said, Seth, you need to learn to appreciate the gift of limits. 
and I, you know, it stopped me in my tracks because I was in a se- season of overwhelm. And as I described all the things I was doing, you know, I could see him either rolling his eyes or shaking his head. And I had to appreciate that there are many things, many ideas that, that kind of move into phase next. And I mm-hmm. ended up dr- having a little diagram. In fact, I carry it with me. I call it my sandbox. You know, these are the areas I have permission to play because they're consistent with what I'm about, my purpose, my direction. And these are the things that I'm interested in and they're going to sit on the side for a time when it's going to make sense. Or maybe I'll just find a new infatuation that I prefer more than those. Right? <laughs> Shiny. Time, time will squirrel, tell. Squirrel, right? squirrel. Right. You know, I, I like the sandbox analogy. I'm going to throw one concept out there that I, I'm, I'm curious your take on this. So you've got this sandbox that you're playing in, but what do you say to an entrepreneur that's just getting started and they're, they're really struggling with the idea that the resources are finite and they have to sort of allocate where they can put things and life seems out of balance and you go like so you know what's the path to daylight for that person i'd really love your take on it but i'm totally going to make you cliffhanger everybody and we got to take a break so we're oh and look the engineers are are you even listening to it yeah there you are look yeah we're a little rusty on that one all right we uh we'll be right back and we're going to challenge seth on this one What do you say to the entrepreneur that's under-resourced? That when we come back. This is David Littlejohn and... Seth (laughs) Ueckley. All right. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Hey, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Show. I am your host, Dave Littlejohn, subbing in today... And really just crushing it. And if you're just joining, you got to check out the podcast. It's at littlejohnfs.com. You can look under the Educate tab, and we'll have it posted tomorrow. Seth Bueckley, uh, thanks for joining us. Seth, uh, I-, I like to promote you a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So you're an author. Yeah. you got a great book. Uh, Ambition, Leading with Gratitude. Is that the... You nailed it. Right? And so that's a great read. Uh, really a good way to kind of look at the world, wake up every day, and sort of remind yourself why you're plugging along here uh you've got you've you've been you have been and really in many ways still are my coach right uh professionally uh you've so you you're familiar with uh my organization a lot of what's going on you're an entrepreneur you own your own consulting firm and today I somehow roped you into talking about entrepreneurs with me. So again, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure to hang out with you and always a pleasure to talk about uh, business and, and entrepreneurship in, in particular. So it's yeah. my pleasure. Well, awesome. You know, at the end of last segment, I wanted to challenge you. I've been trying to ask these entrepreneur questions to you. And one of them was, you know, for a lot of folks, they have this great idea, they want to start something. But as you mentioned earlier in the program, resources can be such a struggle, right? Mm-hmm. The entrepreneur with resources yeah. can be, in a very good way, dangerous, right? A lot of opportunity sure. starts to open up. But the entrepreneur that is under-resourced can be very overwhelmed and life can be so out of balance. What would you say to the under-resourced entrepreneur? What, what, how would you advise them and what's the path to daylight? I would probably start by saying, it's your fault. <laughs> my fault personally no david did it <laughs> no not, not david it's the entrepreneur's fault it's 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 our own thinking it's that's the flaw the flaw is in our thinking there are plenty of resources out there 
Okay. Right? They're, Go on. Have, this is interesting. We don't have a resource problem. Okay. It's the resources are what you would call smart money, right? They, yeah. They're, they're not going to chase bad ideas. And so if, if we as an entrepreneur feel that we are under-resourced, in my mind, it would say no. It's, it's my thinking. There, are, there, is, there is a way to solve this problem. There are resources out there. The reason that those resources aren't connected to me is because I haven't yet done the work to open that, that channel up, right? And so we start with the thinking. You, gotta, you have to think about the problems differently because there is always a way. And entrepreneurship is less around what you're doing and more around how you're thinking. I I love that response. You're right. It was a surprise to me. I, I, I warned Seth at the break. Hey, I want to ask this question, and he's like, "Okay, well, my surprise. Yeah, my answer is going to surprise you." Love that. Uh, I have an expression. Yep. I say, "Don't tell me no. Tell me how." Right. Right. The answer no is like quitting. Yeah. Okay. And I and I don't like the word can't either. Uh, I have another silly rule. I said, "Look, if it doesn't violate the laws of God or physics, and I will be flexible with the physics, mm-hmm. then it can be possible." Yeah. Right. Okay, so that's sort of my take on this one. Is that there's certain things that they're universal constructs I won't budge on. The rest of them, I'm open to suggestion. Yeah, and what's interesting to me is uh, almost every business owner in the in the early stages, well, every new business owner will tell you that their problem is capital, but sophisticated investors uh, can recognize. Listen, money won't cure your problem. You're not ready for it. Right, money was not attracted to you. You're, you're not an investable yet, right? And so I'll give you right. A, a, it's true. Money will find you when you have a really amazing idea and it's worth investing in. Because every investor that I know, and keep in mind, I am a professional investment advisor. Yeah, everybody I know is looking for opportunities that can produce significant investment return. If you are an entrepreneur that has one of those, money will find you. You ever watch Shark Tank? You have seen when somebody has a really great idea. That's why they call it a shark tank. All of a sudden, the sharks are the ones feeding on each other trying to get the deal. If it's yeah. that good, yeah. they want it. Yeah, I have an, uh, an, a company that I'm invested in that um, needs resources, right? And it's, it's struggling a little bit to say where those resources are going to come from. And I remind them that they're sitting on a lot of ownership, that if they would just give away a little of that ownership to the right people, all of a sudden those resources would show up. Now, they're not really enthusiastic about giving away part of the company, in which case, yeah, I, I respond. Clearly, they've not spoken to many VC firms yet. Right. So these are, the, these are the kind of things that there's always a way if you can reframe the problem yeah. and approach it. You know, something else that I think is worth bringing up, and you are such a champion at this. You hinted at it just a moment ago. But if more entrepreneurs figured this out, uh, it's the concept of networking. Mm-hmm. This is a term that, to me, is not a great term because everybody thinks networking is going to the events and meeting people and shaking hands, that's networking like a politician networks in my mind. You do something different that I want to highlight on. You do what you've called yourself, and I love the the name of this as well, connecting people, right? And I have seen you connect people with no personal gain whatsoever. You just said, well, you know, I know this person over here that deals with this, and you have another need there. Let me get you guys together, see if there's some cross-pollination that can work. And you just get out of the way and let the magic happen. Right. But you have this really incredible network of people that you've met nation, really globally at this point, that have their fingers in all kinds of pies because you're willing to give so much of it away and just work with people and help it benefit them. 
Yeah, well, uh, it's interesting that you say that. Part of that is is kind of more the personal journey of, uh, you know, one of the things that I wrote about in the book was entrepreneurs sometimes were so focused on that next challenge, that next thing, that we don't fully take time to appreciate where we come from or what we've been given, okay? And then, you know, once we get clear with that, which to me gets you to gratitude, then you start to say, now, now why? You know, what is motivating me? And you start to take more of a long a long-term view, play the long game, right? Mm-hmm. And so that is the thing with connecting. If, if you're going to be genuine in connecting to people, um, you, ha- you believe that it's going to work out either because, you know, if you believe in God, there's a God that says you, you're going to give and I'm going to open up doors for you you didn't anticipate and it's all going to work out. Or uh, is equally the case, some, you know, you meet somebody, uh, you know, writing a book was a great thing because I, I was able to give people a book and we have this connection and a couple years later sure. they're resurfacing and they're participating with me in something else because now they know me and there's all of these things that fit into this it's not just a, a kind of a, a mercenary utilitarian tactical kind of connecting it's actually a more that's actually who I am well I was right? going to say yeah. you you make it for some of you who are listening you're thinking it's a great idea this is in Seth's DNA and that is a unique thing that has, I'm, I'm certain, has carried him professionally a long way. I've watched you sort of log away, like, you know, I remember meeting, it was at this place, it was this person, and then the name just sort of comes to you and you go, they do this thing. I mean, you're very good with names, naturally, and you, you're really good at just, those connections happen organically for you. But, so you're right, that is true. And there are people, other personalities, which I fully appreciate, and I have learned I actually need these other personalities. There are people who don't get energized in a room, who, who in, a, in a crowd full of people, they, they feel like the energy is sucked out of them. Right. right? They're right. more natural introverts and but, so forth. But back when we used to fly on airplanes, you know, <laughs> one of the things that I tell people is— Back in 2019. Yeah, they, they think it's just around, you know, high-fiving and going out to cocktail parties or whatever. But I would literally fly across the country— and, just, and have a lunch meeting with somebody that I wanted to know, or I would be going to a town and I would work hard to make sure that I could have those meetings with key people. And over time, those yield to be some of the most influential relationships you have. So you, you actually have to spend time and money, you know, and it starts with intention to get serious about it. So it's, it's, it's a part-time job connecting if, if somebody really wants to do it. Right, right. Yeah. Well, what I love about it, though, is it was about learning about them, right? You didn't walk in there saying, let me try to form a relationship to see what I can get out of this. You walked in saying, let me see what I can learn about them because when the connection opportunities come, I mean, there, there is a law of reciprocity. I don't know that it's a written law, but you, know, you can read about these all over the place where when you give things away, the, the, and I will call it the nature of the universe, it's a silly term, but things tend to come back to you. Yeah. Because if you consider the fact that you are now a trusted resource for others in the process of making things happen, that represents value to them because you are trusted and providing value, right? Yeah, in, in these conversations as you're getting to know people, you know, one of the things that's helped me a ton is to realize there's certain people I just wouldn't want to do business with. If you have an entire lunch meeting and nobody asks you any questions of any relevance, and, you know, and you're, you're, you know, you're just like this person is probably a self-centered individual that isn't going to be somebody I want to invest a bunch more time in. Right. See that again, many astute observations yeah. here. Uh, and 
that one, it's tough on a radio show to talk about profiling the people you do business with. I, I will just sit for all of you listening. I, I think there's some hidden nuggets right there in understanding that the people that I know that are really successful, I suppose that there's, there's probably a, a handful of types, but the entrepreneurs that tend to do well, either they can be eccentric weirdos that have such an incredible product, it, it succeeds in spite of them, or they tend to be really good connectors and leaders that have an idea that people rally behind, but they're not necessarily Fortune 500 CEO types typically. Uh, in fact, if you look at the Fortune 500 CEO type, a lot of them exhibit some of the characteristics of sociopaths, right? They tend to be much more mercenary and much less relationship oriented. That's not an exclusive statement and it's not to say this person is or isn't. It's to say if you look at the level of obsession required to be at that level, yeah. they're not the person that brought them to that level. They're the person that's dealing with the environment of a publicly traded company that is very mercenary, cutthroat, and short-term in their thinking compared to an entrepreneurial visionary. Yeah, which gets you back to the, hey, what should an entrepreneur be thinking about early on on the startup phase? And part of it is, you know, what kind of life do I want to lead? Trevor Mock, mutual friend here in town, sure. is great on that kind of thinking. Yeah, really. So I would love to unpack that a little bit more because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they think about the product, but they don't necessarily think about they are part of the product, the lifestyle that they're shooting for. If you're not going to work through a nine to five, it's because you want something else. How do you do that? But we got to take one more break. All right, so we'll grab that one. On the flip side, we'll be right back with special guest Seth Buakley. And uh, for all of you entrepreneurs out there, take notes. Anyway, we'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn and Seth Buakley. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240, KQEN. Hey gang, welcome back to the True Well Show. Dave Littlejohn coming to you on your favorite Tuesday you've had all week. And uh, delighted to have in studio with me, Mr. Seth Buakley. Um, we have been talking about entrepreneurs today, all kinds of good stuff. Don't forget to hit up the podcast if you're just joining us. It's at littlejohnfs.com under the Educate tab. And also all of our previous shows, if you just have a long flight or something and you need some Good, clean family fun, um, or at least whatever we're peddling. Seth, you have given just some real gold today, in my opinion, for entrepreneurs. And for our listeners, a lot of what I'm envisioning is the, some of this is more like the startup entrepreneur. Mm. All right? And, and I've, I think that's we've spoken a lot to the startup entrepreneur today. If you're further along than that, what I would say is see us after class. We'll have all of our contact information. Uh, again, littlejohnfs.com, and you can you know follow up with us. If you're listening to a podcast now, then you'll you'll know how to find it. It should be listed in all the bio info. But the idea for the startup entrepreneur is designing with the end in mind, and it's not just about the product. It's about more than that. What would you tell the startup entrepreneur? And you know, what are the gotchas? It's like, look, you got a chance to build something the right way and not by accident you know you, you can drive this thing instead of it driving you then what would you tell them you know uh, back to that systems and workflow it's so important to um, you know realize there's gonna be seasons where it's an intense heavy lift and one of the knocks on entrepreneurs is that you know you get called a workaholic and you're always thinking about work and 
you know, that, that is the natural tendency. And so, uh, you know, many people, uh, they melt down personally. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, so what, you know, uh, what do you gain if you have a successful business, a bunch of money, and you end up lonely because you get divorced, and then you end up splitting it half plus the attorneys, anyhow, right? And so you melt down all of this intense. Yeah, we're energy. not talking about like I had a bad day and I just am no. having a melt. We're talking about like, nope, you actually drive off a cliff. I honestly had this conversation with somebody the other day, and I was like, you know, if you don't focus on your marriage and you build this great thing, you know, you're going to end up lonely and dividing it in half, right? And so there's the piece of it is, okay, the business is supposed to do two things, number one, in my view. Number one is it's an expression of the gifts that you've been given to use for the benefit of, of others, right? The business is a canvas where you, and an entrepreneur gets to create. I love this because it's very altruistic. Yeah. <laughs> well, and in the, in the course of doing so, you find that the, you get the rewards. You know, if you use your gifts well for the benefit of others, you're going to make money. It's going to be there, right? But the other side of it is, um, is not letting it consume you and, and kill you. And so thinking about what's the life I'd like to have, you know, there, like, like I said, the business will have these moments when you have to go all in and really sacrifice for it. But you can't sprint forever. As an entrepreneur, you have to say, at some point, I should be able to get my work done in 40 hours a week. Yep. Many, many entrepreneurs, you know, are getting 20, 30 hours a week, right? And then there's some that are still convinced that unless they work 60 to 70, somehow they're slacking. As Americans, we have a problem with actually with working too much. I love the way you just described that, too. I really do, because there's a difference between being busy and being productive. Yeah. Okay, We can get off task real easily and convince ourselves that, again, this is treadmill work. Mm-hmm. And that's really not always required. Now, I will say that oftentimes early on when you're starting something up, it's a, as you say, it's a pretty big lift a lot of the time. You're wearing a lot of hats. You have to do it because there's nobody else on salary yet to do it. That's the thing. And so, and this is also where sweat equity comes from. Right. Now, do you do it to to the sacrifice of your relationships? I would argue no. And I argued that on this program since the very first show I ever did, which is true wealth is not about currency. It's about memories and relationships that you're forming because that's all you're going to take with you. So now currency is useful, right? Capital is useful and it, it can enable some really cool things. I mean, if you're sitting there going, well, look, I'm not going to a vacation to Mexico or something, which, you know, haha about the environment we're in, but assuming we get back to any semblance of normal, vacations are great, you know, and it is a reward. It's, you know, you get to spend some of the spoils, but there are just, there are lots and lots of things that don't take much money to make great memories. So don't let it ruin the critical parts of your life because you're being short-sighted. That being said, especially with your spouse or somebody else, if you are both on the same page and there are and you're agreeing, okay, sometimes it's going to be out of balance for a little while. Sometimes life is out of balance. I would just, I don't know what your take is, but I'd say schedule some balance. You yeah. got to like carve out the time. Uh, it's this, you know, I don't know that today's program was about the concept of time blocking and all that, but you go Google it, go Google time blocking. Yeah. And there's a million videos and podcasts about that too, but don't let your schedule bully you around. 
Yeah, one of the things that I, I noticed, uh, we talked a little bit about these solopreneurs or this idea that I'm going to do it myself. And, and I, I, I remember a story of the, I had a young uh, business leader, and he was saying, uh, you keep talking about having employees. The whole reason I'm a solopreneur is I, I, I really don't want to have a bunch of employees. And I remember I was thinking pretty quickly on my feet that day. I said, oh, well, no problem. You're just not going to have any impact because it's one or the other. You mean right. if you want more impact, the way you get impact is you attract other people to your cause, right? I said, well, guess what? Talented, mature people who join your cause, they want to be interacted with. They want to be led. And so one of the things that we have to learn as we scale past the startup phase, now you're in the leadership phase. And, you know, guess what? If you're going to take the salary and you're going to have your name on the, on the sign, right, you have to step into that role of leading your own company. And I'll just speak candidly with you. I bought the company that I own now uh, from the widow of a, of a friend of mine who died in, in a plane accident. Right. And it, it probably took me 18 months to, to do what I call take emotional ownership for the business. Right. Meaning right. I was like, no, I have to be in the weeds. I've got to go deep. I've got to figure it out. I've got to work with people. I've got to lead them. I've got to show up on weekly calls when, trust me, there's a lot of things I'd rather do than be on weekly calls. But once I took emotional ownership, there was new energy in that because it was tying back to my purpose. Like, no, this is a privilege to be able to do this. Let's do it well, right? That's, that's a, it's a hard transition. It's true. And I have to tell you, I am impressed at your ability to be fairly distributed and still do that well. Uh, it's, that's a challenge. I know that with technology, you can certainly do that. You can schedule things. Uh, we have talked about the impact of having our team sort of forced into distribution by the COVID events. And I am looking forward to the time when that is less the case. And of course, where we are, we're at a phase where in, in the size of our group, we're able to reconvene. Now we're just dealing with some of the other personnel and personal issues. But I look forward to getting the team back together. And I still think that human interaction, like direct human interaction, not just digital, is critical to developing that team dynamic. Yeah, so. I think we're, uh, we have over uh, quota on digital for a while. And I, I really think we're going to cherish these, these eyeball to eyeball, sitting across from somebody, oh. having a relaxed conversation. It's I mean, we could like have done gift. this over the phone, yeah. but it's far less organic. And just you as listeners, right, you, you just hear a couple of guys talking on the radio but you don't get to see that there is there's body language, there's facial expression, there's all of these other elements that go on in the studio that help us to key off of each other. Those human elements are not going to be replaced by technology. Plus, you're wickedly handsome, Dave. Right, right. Well, that's because of my fantastic barber <laughs> who uh, snuck me in today, and I appreciate it, Alex. <sighs> so, anyway, uh, you know, as we're getting toward the the tail end of our time today, and it's just flown by. That doesn't shock me with you. You know, I'm, I'm thinking if you could give entrepreneurs any key pieces of advice right now, what do you think you'd like to say to some folks? Marry well. Okay, yeah, good call. Good really, call. Totally. I yeah, mean, and inherit wealth. And you're, it's, there, it's, you there you go. You know, marry well, uh, find mentors, uh, really discover what your own gifts are, you know, what floats your boat, because I think the more you can, some people would call that your zone of genius. It's right. interesting you use that term. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I've been, that's from The Big Leap, right? It is. That's uh, if, if you're looking for a good read on, uh, you said resources aren't the issue, right? Yeah. 
if you want to examine your own thinking, you can check out The Big Leap. The author's name is Gay Hendricks. Yeah. So marry well, you know, um, figure out what your gifts are, what, what makes you float, and just, uh, you know, realize that business is an expression. Uh, you know, I, I had a mentor, uh, Phil, who started the cathedral, and he had this phrase. He said, in God's world, business done right is a blessing. And so if you take the weight of that statement and you say, huh, my business doesn't feel like a blessing right now, either to myself or to my employees or to my, my customers, then you're like, okay, well, what, it, what do I need to change? Because that is the target we're aiming for. Right. Now, I will take this one step further since you've opened the door. It's the concept of stewardship. There you go. Right. When you say that it's an expression of gifts, remember that the gifts are the things that we're responsible for stewarding. So uh, for many that are listening, you know, you may not have a a spiritual component to your life, but for a lot of Christians that are listening right now, they're going to hear these words and they're going to key in. And stewardship, there's a lot of biblical examples, but, you know, there is more biblical advice on money than there is on love. (laughs) So it's really a common subject. So it tells us that this is important, okay? And I think in our lives, we need to treat it as such. So the entrepreneur is really stewarding gifts, and I agree, it should be a blessing. Yeah, and when I talk about marrying well, uh, it really is hugely important to have somebody in the journey with you because it is a family endeavor if you're all in in a business. Yeah, it's... I don't see how you do it solo. I mean, if somebody's willing to just sort of put their needs aside, the problem is you're kind of abusive in that relationship, whether you recognize it or not. If you just, you know, stomp on somebody else and they're willing to let it happen, that's eh, not the balance you're looking for. So there's there's your advice of the day, right? Just marry well and the rest will take care of itself. So, all right. Well, look, Seth, we are out of time. I hear the music. Thanks for joining us today. Great to be here with you. Awesome. Well, look, uh, don't forget to check out the podcast at littlejohnfs.com. If you need additional information, don't hesitate to contact our office at 541-375-0898. And uh, we'll also, if you want to follow up with Cathedral, we'll link it there as well. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. And Seth Ueckley. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brooks Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.